Welcome to Prince Try by Track presents Stephen Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Pastime Paradise from the album Songs in the Key of Life, released on the 28th of September 1976. On the track we have Stevie Wonder doing pretty much everything apart from uh, we have also Ray, uh, I'm going to say Mal Donaldo. Uh, and you have Bobby Hall who is doing some congas. And then we have some Hare Krishna chanting uh, along with the West Angeles Church Choir. Uh, the track is 3 minutes 27, and joining me to talk about today is Eric Nash. Hello, Eric. Hey, Darren. Uh, yeah, so I think straight up front, 5 out of yeah, 5. Yeah, right. Great song. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> and for me, as I mentioned on, the on, I think, probably the first of those three that I've previously uh, done here on your on this on this uh, show of yours, uh, I, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting for songs in the key of life. I mean, that whole album for me. I mean, it's, it's a double album. Plus, <laughs> that I think deserves it. You know, I mean, it, it's I, I wouldn't really take out anything. I, I just love. It. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge Beatles lover, as I've said before. Uh, I really like the White Album awfully well. I mean, there's there's definitely a couple other albums that are higher up uh, for me, but uh, I I can I can I can care less about Good Night <laughs> on that on that album, and and there's a couple others here that could certainly. Uh, could have made it they, they could have done an album and a half in a sense if, if it was that if they could have done one of these uh, uh smaller discs like stevie did here it's funny because uh the main vocal line for good night was recorded on my oh, birthday wow. uh <laughs> nine years before i was born so uh i have a special effect for mm-hmm. good night uh in particular because when i first heard the white album and i got to good night i was like what the hell is going on here like it was i think good night is more confusing than revolution number nine like you listen to revolution number nine and then all of a sudden these strings come in and ringo's singing you a ballad to put you to sleep and you're like what the hell is going on here um yeah uh, such a oh, such a wonderful, such a wonderful song. But yeah, so I, I mean, I would say obviously there's an artist that I've covered extensively who put out a few triple albums, uh, but in particular put out one double album that I would probably put above "Songs in the Key of Life," um, and also I would say above the White Album yeah. as well. Um, you know, I think "Sign of the Times" is probably one mm. of the best double albums I've ever released. So. Um, but yeah, this is not just a double album, but a double album with an EP at the end. Like the fact that he then threw on another four songs is like, you know, why not? You know, you've you've already had like seventeen songs. Let's just you know, let's just throw another few songs out there. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I think the thing with Pastime Paradise, I, obviously the thing that kind of stands out um, and seemed to irk the reviewer at um, <laughs> at Rolling Stone when they reviewed this album, when the album obviously came out. He, he classified it where he said, it sounds like a parody of a well-meaning protest song with its meaningless shuffle of words. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know that that's a fair, like, assessment of Pastime Paradise. And I feel like, you know, in the kind of intervening decades, I think... Uh, you know, obviously some songs on this album have probably been reassessed just a little bit. But I do kind of, I love, in particular when you have like that kind of, um, you know, obviously it starts with the it starts with the chorus. You know, the song is kind yeah. of upside down. It starts with the chorus, it goes to a bridge, um, and then it kind of has these verses, which like they say are just like a list of words that kind of, you know, all have... Uh, shun. Uh, oh, yeah, shun. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, the Shun songs. Again, the shun a little Beatles reference with... Uh, um, 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 well, actually, it's John Lennon. Um, uh, give peace a chance with his isms, <laughs> where he's just yeah, listing yeah. off the isms. And, <laughs> yes, he does. And I think on like on this on this track in particular, like the 
Um, the kind of the synthesizer, mm-hmm. in particular, I think the Moog bass is doing the kind of the dun, 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 like that stuff in the like while it's, he's listing off these words, it's the movement of the music underneath that is kind of the interesting thing. You know, this whole yeah. kind of like dissipation yeah. of race relations, consolation, segregation, dispensation, isolation, exploitation, mutilation, mutations, uh, title of a Beck album there, uh, miscreation, uh, confirmation to the evils of the world, like that then leading back into, you know, been spending most of their lives living in the pastime paradise. Like uh, those, again, like the words aren't really the important part. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the important part is the the kind of the, the music that's been arranged underneath them. Uh, and obviously, as the song goes on, uh, we have kind of like the the kind of Harry Krishna handbells throughout the whole kind of song. And then towards the end, you get the kind of the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, like a building underneath Stevie Wonder kind of singing, um, which I think, you know, like I kind of understand how in like the 70s, particularly like we're, you know, in 1976, we're kind of deep into the disco mm-hmm. era. So the fact that Stevie Wonder is doing a song that has like a choir singing Hare Krishna chants <laughs> underneath him kind of listing these these kind of random words. It doesn't like it feels completely different to everything that's happening outside. Like um, and Stevie Wonder was never really one to kind of follow trends. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think he was ever really kind of doing like disco stuff. I think that what let him down in the 80s is that he started attempting to follow trends. And that's when he kind of ended up losing his edge and, you know, making songs that kind of sounded like everything else and, you know, weren't really Stevie Wonder anymore. Uh, it, you know, he also kind of abandoned the synthesizers, which I kind of understand. But at the same time, you know, there's nothing wrong with a Tonto. You know, it's a nice warm synthesizer. <laughs> Just keep using it. He, he was so ahead uh, of the curve. I mean, you know, I mean, because early, mid 80s is all about the synths. <laughs> You know, the whole new wave yeah. scene. I mean, yeah, he, he ditched it because it got too popular. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously on here, he's not using... Uh, I, I mean, I said it was the Moog bass, but it isn't. He he actually converted over to the Yamaha GX1 for this song. Um, and, and it also has, like, a really good string sound, and it has a really kind of a warm bass sound. So that's what he's using underneath those kind of the word listing that he does. Um, you know, but I, I, I think the kind of... The chorus is like the setting point, you know, the kind of, you know, been spending most of their lives living in the pastime paradise, just kind of repeated a couple of times. Um, uh, they've been wasting most of their time glorifying days long gone behind. They've been wasting most of their days in remembrance of ignorance, oldest praise, which is an awkward <laughs> line. Um, but for me, the thing, and obviously I also think for, um, you know, uh, Coolio, the thing that stands out is the bridge which is the tell me who of them will come to be, how many of them are you and me. And just the way, like the kind of the melody line of that, that like obviously that is the thing that was then sampled later for Gangster's Paradise. Um, in particular, that like that sample was then sung by LV. Um, and it's that it's that kind of that line. That's the kind of those that couplet is the main thing on which um, Gangster's Paradise is then built. Um, you know, and that's kind of the, the the kind of interpolation that it's it's kind of done because, you know, um, Gangsters Paradise doesn't sample Pastime Paradise. <laughs> it technically does, but it doesn't because it, it was re-recorded, um, and LV kind of sang different lines over the melody from this, so it was kind of used but not used uh, for Gangsters Paradise, which was a ridiculously successful song. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in in a way that I don't think people kind of realize, uh, you know, in the day in these days of like streaming and stuff, uh, you know, uh, like 
pastime, uh, sorry, uh, Gangster's Paradise was, you know, the, well, first of all, it was the best-selling single in the U.S., in 1995 and the second best selling single in 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 the UK in in 1995 uh, but in addition to that it was the 33rd best selling single the following year that's how many it sold it sold enough that it was it, it was legs. in the top 100 <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and it was the 14th best selling single in the entire of the 90s in the US uh, and it was basically number 1 everywhere uh, that's uh, it, like which is kind of crazy um but yeah, so like the main the main part of the song that is sampled is is kind of the the basic kind of percussion that the song opens with. Um, you know, th- normally Stevie Wonder would kind of build stuff off chords, um, but this is a rarity where his song is actually built off of the um, uh, the kind of the percussion. Um, so you kind of have that that basic kind of beat, and then over the top of that, you've got um, you know the two percussionists that Stevie Wonder kind of you know brought in. And they are both, uh, you know, Bobby Hall and and Ray Maldondo. Again, I'm not sure how you say that name. Uh, they basically are doing a, like a ton of percussion at the start, uh, and that kind of that kind of, those open that opening percussion is also again the thing that kind of um, Gangsters Paradise was then kind of built on. Um, and it's I, I don't know it, like I I think the production line is kind of interesting because it it doesn't feel like you know there's not many kind of Stevie Wonder songs where you can say that it's built around like a particular uh, kind of percussion. Uh, mostly it, when 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 Stevie Wonder does something like you know like Seduke, that's built off like a groove, um, and, and and then obviously you know everything is kind of layered on top of that. Whereas here you've got this kind of it starts out just with that beat. Um, and then everything kind of gradually gets layered on top until by the end it is kind of it is approaching parody, <laughs> but it's not quite where you have the kind of the, the the kind of the chanting of the Hare Krishna and the kind of choir in the background. Um, you know, all all that kind of build up and it kind of it makes I mean, this is a relatively short song, you know, like the, the way that the kind of the, the Rolling Stone review complained about it. You'd think it was like eight <laughs> minutes long, but it's not. It's it's really short. And it builds so quickly. Like you start off with just the percussion, then you add, you know, the chorus straight into the chorus. Like you know, we don't waste any time. You know, the verses. Uh, you know, we, uh, straight, uh, again, we go straight from the chorus to the bridge, and then into these kind of verses that are just lists of words. And then you go straight back to the chorus, and then underneath that, you have the build up of uh, the chant, the chanting, and then also kind of you finish off with the addition to the choir at the end. Um, and it's just you know, and then it finishes with just like a little tiny bit of keyboard, and that's that's where the song finishes. <laughs> it's like you know, it's it, it like it's it kind of builds up all the way through, um, you know, and then when we get to the final chorus, you know, he changes he changes it from we've been spending too much of our lives living in the pastime paradise, and then he changes it to let's start living our lives living for the future paradise. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just love that kind of like it, the criticism is like everybody's living in the past. And then for the last kind of few times, he changes it to, you know, living for the future paradise. You know, he like it changes the message immediately. Uh, and then also at the same time, you got all these Hari Krishnas going on underneath it. And you're like, I don't know what's happening here, Stevie. This seems a little bit weird. Um, you know, but I, I think maybe kind of like the prevalence of like the kind of Hare Krishna throughout, like, you know, like kind of the 60s and 70s. It just it just feels like one of those things that Stevie just kind of did because it was just around like, you know, I'm guessing he was probably touring a lot of the time and kept running into them in airports. And he's like, hey, just come and be on a track, you know, 
Like, because Stevie obviously seems like a kind of generous guy who would meet like a bunch of Hare Krishnas and just be like, come and sing on a song for me. <laughs> like, you know, I like what you're chanting. Let's just get let's get that on a song, you know. And uh, yeah, but I just I love how it turns as well at the end from pastime paradise into future paradise. Um, and, you know, the sentiment of the song just kind of changes there. Also, like, uh, I think, you know, the kind of the, the verses are probably the weakest part. You know, this kind of like consolation integration proclamation of race relations verification of revelation you know confirmation to the peace of the world like it it doesn't really feel like he's kind of saying that much but i think the chorus is so strong and the bridge mm-hmm. like i say probably probably my favorite bit of singing on this entire album is just you know tell me who of who of them will come to be how many of them are you and me just the kind of the the way that he, he sings it you know it's just it's just kind of so magical um, and, and we've certainly mentioned, uh, talked, talked a good bit about uh, Gangster's Paradise, but um, then additionally, I mean, when when a song is that high up on a list, I mean, Weird Al has to try for it, and he did it. <laughs> and certainly there was a bunch of controversy surrounding it with uh, with uh, Coolio's uh, blessing or not, what have you. But nonetheless, I mean, that uh, Amish Paradise and... and Boy, you know, I, I, you know, I know, I, I just saw a Weird Al for the first time myself, uh, ever live in concert, uh, just uh, earlier this this past summer, and uh, this is certainly uh, uh, Amish Paradise is certainly one that uh, he did there, and it was uh, a killer performance. Yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because you know, obviously Weird Al is famous for always getting the permission of the people that you know he wants to parody. Uh, I mean, I think in this case you know maybe he could like he could i mean let's put it like this he doesn't actually need their permission parody is is covered under the law right, so yeah. you can parody anything you want yeah it's a it's a, it's a really nice courtesy yeah, yeah it's just does. it's just out of courtesy that he does and this abides uh, and apparently al yankovic had contacted the record company and they had given permission and he didn't realize that they hadn't you know they basically said coolio had said yes when he hadn't um uh-huh. and then obviously you know you know, Weird Al kind of apologized. Uh, and then later on, you know, Coolio said, you know, like it was a dumb thing, like him getting mad over the parody was like a dumb thing and he shouldn't have done that. And, you know, he, he kind of apologized to Weird Al for it like a few years after that. Um, and I I think also the like the weirdest thing about this is not only, you know, the, the fact that obviously, you know, this is this is covering Stevie Wonder, like Gangster's Paradise does. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Amish Paradise, I think, did reasonably well as well um, in terms of, I mean, obviously, given the kind of how popular Gangster's Paradise was, there's, there's no way that Amish Paradise yeah, couldn't right. at least do reasonably well. Um, and and so, like, you know, obviously uh, you had that, but then you also had, um, and this is, and I mean, the, the, I guess this is a thing that kind of gets lost about Gangster's Paradise, but obviously... All the the vocal stuff that was kind of interpolated into the song was sung by the singer who was known as LV, uh, which was a nickname for Large Variety, which I think is... But then it goes one step weirder, and his real name is Larry Sanders. And (laughs) I... Yeah, and... I don't know. You just can't write it, can you? <laughs> like, uh, the idea that the guy who sang like most of the samples on Gangster's Paradise was actually called Larry Sanders is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So he re- and and then also LV released his own version of Gangster's Paradise, which was just all the parts that he sang. Um, uh, and and I don't think it did that well. Like his version, um, you know, it did like okay. 
but it's just kind of weird that like he insisted on releasing his own version of it, and then and he had it on his album called I Am LV uh, that he hmm. that he also kind of um, you know released, and and that again did really well. But yeah, I mean, Gangsters Paradise, you know. Three times platinum in America, like two times platinum over here, two times platinum in, you know, Canada, four times platinum in like Norway, uh, you know, three times platinum in uh, Australia, like platinum everywhere, basically, uh, you know, probably, like I said, like one of the best selling singles of the 90s. Um, and then also the fact that it's on the soundtrack to Dangerous Minds is the weirdest thing in the world as well. <laughs> like... Uh, you know a basically forgettable you know michelle pfeiffer film based on a true story that turned out to be not 100 percent true and i don't know it's just like i i just find it so kind of crazy uh you know the story of uh of gangster's paradise um it's i i know it's 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 kind of weird uh, it's also worth saying that when coolio appeared over in this country on celebrity big brother uh, it recharted in mm. the singles charts as well. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, and Gangsters Paradise wa- was the the first uh, rap single in this country to sell over a million copies, uh, which is again kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, like the success of it is is kind of insane. Uh, it's worth saying on Pastime Paradise, uh, one of the percussionists obviously is Bobby Hall, uh, and she has done a ton of percussion. Uh, she did a lot for Stevie Wonder on on some of his albums, um, but then there's also like a lot of songs, um, you know, throughout the kind of seventies uh, that she, uh, you know, she she kind of uh, appeared on, uh, doing percussion for a number of different artists like Mar- Marvin Gaye, uh, Smokey Robinson, Leonard Skinner, Jefferson Starship, uh, James Taylor, Diana Ross, uh, all the way through to uh, Tom Petty and Rod Stewart. Uh, and uh, kind of in the late eighties, even all the way up until uh, up until kind of like eighty nine, um, she was doing stuff for uh, for Bob Seger and Tracy, Tracy Chapman. So you know, she she basically spent like uh, I mean, if if you know the kind of percussion on the song uh, Edge of Seventeen, uh, which was obviously itself sampled for a, a, a very famous song, uh, she did the percussion on that. So you know, when things are getting bootylicious, you're actually hearing Bobby Hall's um percussion in there <laughs> so uh it's it's kind of crazy but uh yeah i don't know like i i love this song just because how kind of uh, like i say it starts very kind of quiet with the kind of percussion and it ends up with this choir and it's it's just kind of amazing like the kind of journey that you go on uh throughout this song uh and and also like you know uh just the, the 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 nice twist at the end from pastime paradise to future paradise it's you know it's just nice that it kind of takes that quick little twist yeah. uh, and it goes from being about you know uh, kind of the, the people living in the past to you know a more hopeful future something which obviously Stevie Wonder has touched upon on a number of different songs um but yeah just you know a clear <laughs> 5 out of 5 it's I, I you know i don't know what rolling stone were doing complaining about this song because <laughs> i think it takes everybody on a nice little journey oh yeah i mean gosh I mean, if not five, I mean, so close to it, 4.75 or whatever. I don't know. But it's, it's, I mean, you know, I mean, the only other songs, I mean, some, like I said, like, I mean, virtually every song on this album, I think is, is just wonderful. It's, it's a great whole, whole overall piece, I think. But, but I mean, I definitely also, you know, other, others had grabbed them before I got a chance to, but I probably would have gone more towards the Sir Duke or, or uh, Village Ghetto Land, maybe. I mean, Um, I, I also think, like, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah. you've got As mm. and I Wish, both of which, of course, were 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Those are great ones obviously, too. as was covered by, um, yeah, uh, what's his name, George Michael. Oh, um, oh and really? Mary, and Mary, J- yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you should you should try and find the George Michael yeah. Mary J Blige oh. cover of As. Oh. Um, and then obviously, I wish was. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're on the twenty year anniversary. Uh, it was sampled for Wild Wild West um, oh. by Will Smith. Uh, so I, I wish has the, you know, I, I wish that I could uh, something, something once more. I can't remember the lyrics off the top of my head. Uh, but that was the, the main basis for the sample of Wild Wild West, uh, which I think came out as we're recording this almost exactly 20 years ago. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of amazing. But yeah. And then, of course, like just the fact that, you know, obviously Gangster's Paradise was huge. Uh, I, I, I guess that maybe helped with, you know, some, getting Stevie Wonder a bit of money. Um, and at the Billboard Awards uh, in, in 1996, Stevie Wonder made an appearance during a performance of Gangster's Paradise. Uh, for the first kind of like two minutes, it's just the normal song. It's just LV and Coolio. They have a choir of kids behind them. Um, and then like halfway through the song, it turns into Pastime Paradise. Uh, and they do this nice thing where LV, who, like I say, he's got a good voice. He sings been living most of our lives in the, you know, in the pastime paradise. And then Stevie Wonder sings the gangster's paradise line himself. So they swap lines. And it's a, it's such a wonderful little moment. The crowd go absolutely crazy for Stevie Wonder coming out. Um, and it's, it's kind of weird because, like, they seem relatively happy to see, you know, LV and Coolio. Obviously, the song was huge. But then when Stevie Wonder comes out, you can feel the reaction in the room of like, oh, my God, Stevie Wonder's here. Like people clearly like it's it's such a great moment. Um, and then obviously it kind of turns into a weird melding of the two songs. Um, and you have kind of the, you know, the choir kind of singing as well. And it's, I don't know. It's just it's a wonderful performance. Um, and then it gets like, a, you know, a standing ovation, like every, literally when the song finishes, everyone's on their feet. And I think they're on their feet for Stevie Wonder more than LV and Coolio. <laughs> so, um, but, it, you know, it's worth finding that performance just for the, to see the shift between from it going from Gangster's Paradise into Pastime Paradise and then a weird mix between the two where LV and, uh, and Stevie Wonder have kind of swapped lines. Well, I, I think a big part of that could be, I mean, I, I, I'm, I haven't done this research for this, but, but uh, I mean, is, is this, and even though this isn't technically a sample, was this the first time that had been done i mean that that even though was it was there a previous grammy winner that had like you know or even nominee that, that had, had like a interpolated another song i don't know um yeah, yeah I, I, I mean that'd be interesting to take a look at but yeah i mean i think uh walk this way uh with run dmc well yeah. i think that won something at least at the grammys um hmm. Probably knowing the Grammys, it won best I don't know, metal performance or something. Yeah, and and I feel like there there would be that um, maybe that uh, uh, st- stigma of of it being the more hard rock slash metal is <laughs> a little laughable, but um, uh, yeah, you know, hard rock versus a uh, a uh, uh, funk soul Motown, you know, former Motown, what have you. Um, uh, uh, artist uh, having his some, something of his uh, then incorporated to to produce something that's I think is a little more class A. <laughs> yeah, you know? and I I think I think class, as well more... like you know it does take a paradise. it does take a little bit of the kind of the instrumentation from Pastime Paradise, but it basically re-recorded it. So yeah, you know right. Stevie Stevie Wonder 
uh, he gets a songwriting credit. I think because obviously, you know, we, by the time we got to the mid '90s, we'd reached a period where people realized yeah, right. you couldn't just sample something and not give people credit because you would end mm-hmm. up getting sued and you would end up owing a lot of money. So, <laughs> so, or in the case of I think Two Live Crew, you would end up with all of your records being recalled from the shops. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it, I think it's kind of it's kind of insane. Uh, you know, just like you know, like, uh, just the kind of success of this particular song. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Obviously, it won the Grammy for Best uh, Rap Solo Performance. Uh, it won two MTV Music uh, Video Awards for Best Rap Video and Best Video from a Film, which I love. I love that second category. Uh, and then, obviously, it won the Billboard Music Award for the Best Song and Album of the Year. Um, but that was mostly because that's based on sales. So, <laughs> so, you know, when you're the best-selling song in 95, you automatically win the Billboard Music Award the next year. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just, I just kind of, I just kind of really like this song and, and like the, I think the fact that it was used for Gangster's Paradise kind of did give it a, a kind of a second life. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think people who, like the Rolling Stone writer, kind of said it was like a parody of whatever. I think maybe looking back, you kind of like, well, you know, it's so it's so musically strong and it's so vocally strong. But it's like the fact that it kind of feels like it veers into parody a little bit towards the end. I don't think it really is a detriment. Um, uh-huh. You know, if anything, the fact that Stevie Wonder just embraces having a Hare Krishna chant. <laughs> It, you know, like he, he has no embarrassment, you know, he's like, yeah, sure. I've got a choir and I've got people chanting Hare Krishna. I don't care. You know, uh, I'm Stevie Wonder. I'm a genius. It doesn't really matter. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I want because nobody can tell me not to. Basically, you know, I'm releasing a double album with an EP to follow. You know, there's, there's literally no controlling Stevie Wonder in the 70s. Um, you know, his next album is going to be about the journey of plants. So. You know, <laughs> you, 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 you know, nobody had control over Stevie Wonder in the 70s. And, you know, it led to a number of kind of, you know, uh, albums that won all the Grammys. So I, I don't think I, I think out of everybody who's making judgment, Stevie Wonder w- was proved to be correct in the end. Uh, you know, uh, so, well, if there's nothing else to say about uh, any of these paradises, be they gangsters or pastimes. <laughs> Uh, then let's go to plugs. Is there anything or you want to plug, Eric? <laughs> yes, or Amish. I mean, which is again, that's an. I think Amish Paradise is also a really strong. Like it's a strong parody as well. It's a good. It's a good Weird Al track. Um, you know, there are some Weird Al tracks that I feel are a little bit weaker because I, I, I think the, sub, the like the subject that's being parodied isn't quite as well known. So it mm. makes it like it's a little harder to sell the song. But you know, obviously this song's so well known. You know, it, it, you, you, you kind of it, it really helps sell uh, Amish Paradise. Um, but you know, let's go to plugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll highlight uh, once again the very similar to this uh, feels like Weezer that I'm currently doing, uh, going from uh, uh, Weezer's Blue album all the way to its most recent, currently Black album. Who knows? By the time we, <laughs> they definitely do have two more albums planned. <laughs> In, in the in the earlier forming stages at this time we we understand in the Weezer fan community um, uh, and then there's also uh, currently ongoing uh, almost famous minute and another movies by minute uh, podcast that certainly was done but we may be back uh, currently as this comes out uh, because of the HBO Watchmen show uh, Watchmen minute and uh, I hope you can uh, listen to those. You should be able to find all those on all your uh, normal podcatchers. And then even the uh, the uh, the two music-oriented ones, Almost Famous Minute and Feels Like Weezer, are actually on a, uh, a wonderful uh, network called the Pantheon Podcast Network for, you know, 
uh, covering all types of uh, uh, they have all types of uh, rock and roll podcasts on their on that network uh, about 20 of them at this time and seemingly growing and doing quite well there I believe and you can find us for this project on Twitter at Stevie by Wonder thanks as well for being my guest on this and all previous episodes Eric. yeah thank you Darren great time and otherwise goodbye